<laughs> Welcome to Eurofile. My name is Catherine Rory. And my name is Kate Walker. Hey, Kate. Hi, How's Kat. it going? Happy 2021. Happy 2021 First episode to you. of the year. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? What's up? How are I'm your holidays? Good. I'm good. I spent time with my family and nice. I'm feeling like the energy, you know, I'm ready mm-hmm. for this new year. Good. I don't want to get trapped into like this because you know how everyone is like gung-ho like new year mm-hmm. yeah new, like let's like, change everything yeah which like I don't like necessarily believe is like the right philosophy for me but I feel like energy's moving yeah. you know Ooh, I feel like good yeah nice that sort of thing so what about you okay so I haven't told you my Christmas present. <gasps> okay. So my mom got me an amazing present for Christmas. Uh-huh. I should have said when I introduced myself, I am now Lady Catherine. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. She bought me um, a square foot of land no, in Aberdeenshire oh in Scotland. Joni. <laughs> And now How cute is I that? am Lady Catherine Rory. <gasps> oh my God. So, oh, I'm uh, going to call peasants. you the lady. <laughs> <laughs> so she on. got it. Please do. Yeah. Oh my God. This is too good. Yeah. So really she, my sister is gift. also a lady and her fiance is a lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did she just get them forever? All you guys? For the three of us. Oh yeah, my God. That's and too funny. I think it's it's like you quote buy a square foot and they plant some trees. I think it's oh, efforts to you know cares make it more Love green it. in yeah. this area. Yeah, so okay. I just absolutely adored that. And we watched something, or I don't know how this came up, but they were talking about we were watching something and there was they were talking about Aberdeen. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's my patronage. <laughs> <laughs> That's too so, good. So that was adorable. I love it. But yeah. So, okay. Well, let's okay. talk about this episode. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, you guys. It is a big change for us. We're very mm-hmm. excited to present Speaking this episode new to things, you. We're doing yes. new things in 2021. Yes. Almost all like for you all, you know, to keep uh-huh. you on your toes, keep you mm-hmm. interested, keep you coming back. So in this episode, we chatted with our dear friend Emil, who is French, living in Paris, and we've picked his brain about what's going on in France right now, what it's been like for the past few months, and then he chose a topic for us, mm-hmm. um, and which Kate and I didn't really know much about, so it was just a really fun experience and mm-hmm. something new. I love that he explained like French culture and like why this was important and yeah, yeah. we love Emil and we always try to pick his brain for <laughs> films. So he's yes. our French film source. Yes, he is. And it, mm-hmm. he'll definitely be on again in the future mm-hmm. because definitely. this was just so fun. And this is his first time ever and on a podcast. We can ask podcast. him fashion advice next time. <gasps> Ooh, I would love that. <laughs> He knows he loves a lot. it. He yeah. is gonna love that I said that, by the way. <laughs> yes. And you know it. You know it too. He has good style. Yeah, he does. He has mm-hmm. great style. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's just get into it without further ado. Here is mm-hmm. our episode featuring our friend Emil. Enjoy, Yay. everyone. 
Hi, Emil. Hi, Emil. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited and happy Thanks to have you. Me. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So I guess before we get started, we wanted to just do a quick introduction. Mm -hmm. So um, I signed up for French classes back in Brooklyn. And who was my teacher but <laughs> the amazing Emile. And, <laughs> and we just became... Don't be shy, Emile. Yeah, don't be shy. Bonjour. <laughs> and we just became friends right away. He was, I mean, knows everything about cinema. And I studied film too. So that was just a nice little, I don't know, connection that we had. And we lived close by each other. So we would walk home together from class. And yeah, that's... You want to know my first, the first time Kat told me about you? She said <laughs> that you were wearing wide leg pants. <gasps> yes, white. Oh. Just just yes. cycling yeah. on your bike home oh, yes wow. oh my god right i remember those pants they're bold, so cute and i was like bold oh choice. we love we love it <laughs> <laughs> yes emil also has that great style mm -hmm. yeah. he does <laughs> emil i wanted to ask you a little bit about your background so if you could just tell us a little bit you do you have two passports you have french and american yep okay so well, tell us about it. I grab my LinkedIn because otherwise I'm going to forget <laughs> things. Usually, usually how it goes. Essentially, yes, as you mentioned, I, I've mostly uh, studied and worked in, in film uh, and then slowly transitioned into teaching uh, French. Mm -hmm. Originally teaching French cinema and then teaching French for the for the past three years, mm -hmm. and it's been it's been a lot of fun meeting all kind of, of students and ending up on, on Zoom doing podcasts. So Who cool. would have thought we'd be on a podcast? Exactly. Who would have known? And so you were born in the states? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Twenty-seven years ago, absolutely. Oh, but your parents are both French. Yeah, so that's the thing is, I think for a couple of years, they went for work on mm -hmm. the West Coast. So it's, that's how I ended up. Uh, well, that's, I mean, lucky. Should have come down to Los I Angeles. I know, I know. No, honestly, <laughs> I, I sometimes I ask, like, I ask myself how different it could have been. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, weird to think about. So obviously you still have your French accent. So you didn't live Obviously. here very long. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's charming. Never get rid of it. Yeah. Please keep mm -hmm. it forever. I'll try. <laughs> I don't think it'll be too hard. So. <laughs> so then you move back to Paris. Have you always lived in Paris in France or is there anywhere else yeah. that you? Yeah. So far, so far. Yeah. Every now and then I, I wonder if there's anywhere else where I should try. <laughs> uh, like venture maybe in, in France or Francophone countries but so far yeah mostly, mostly Paris. Mm -hmm. but now right now you're in the country yeah because you need to escape sometimes mm -hmm. you did you spend christmas there from... no i arrived yesterday so uh on the 26th mm -hmm. but no that would have been fun because apparently it snowed on yeah it oh. looked so beautiful snowy yeah. winter wonderland I mean, it happens every other year so it's, this year is a good year, is a good year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so what do you like about going to the country in the winter? Uh, there's a very strong heating system, so that's good. <laughs> uh, actually, it's... Oh my god. Um, that's the one! That's Kirk? the thing. So I don't, I don't destroy my bill. 
Are you just freezing in Paris or what? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. It, gets, it gets cold. No, the thing is, it's very, it's extremely isolated. And yeah. so it, it really feels like this magical vibe of your mm, um, God. on your own in a very remote place snowing mm -hmm. everywhere and uh, you can walk on like fresh snow and oh. um, I, I, I think that's definitely the best part and also there's this sense of since it's so remote and it's so hard to get there you need like special tires on your car and stuff oh my gosh Whoa. <laughs> real sense of um, whenever you, you, you meet someone on the road Mm -hmm. when you go for walks or things like that mm -hmm. there's a sense of like okay we we both made it uh, <laughs> okay which is cool whereas like whenever it starts snowing in in, in paris whenever it happens every, mm -hmm. every two three years uh it's just messy yeah it's just like, like all cities yeah yeah exactly so it's it's really not as nice but here there's still something feels kind of magical and uh, mm -hmm. i like that innocence uh, mm -hmm. about the snow here Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, how nice that you can have that to mm -hmm. get away to. It's not, it's not snowing where you are. Not at all. Well, not in LA, no. <laughs> I think it happened once in the 60s, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, <okay>. true. <laughs> that would be fun. 70s. I would want to experience that. I know. That was probably, can you imagine you wake up there and snowing yeah. and just think Like you that. never think about weather. Like I never think about no, water exactly, at all. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. And it probably lasts for like one hour and that's it. Yeah. And I know. You have to wait seventy more years for it to happen. <laughs> I know. Okay, wait. So you were in Paris for Christmas. What did you do? Yeah, exactly. Well, the usual like family family dinner just What was for dinner? Let us we... be jealous. So no, it was quite <laughs> simple actually. Um <laughs> But ten years ago, it used to be like a big, a big family feast and stuff, mm -hmm. and we sort we sort of stopped doing that because it was just a lot of effort. So now it's more like we see everybody separately over mm -hmm. the span of three weeks, which is mm -hmm. like an extended Christmas time, which is cool. Yeah, that's and, nice. Um, it's a very nice, very very good, very very good chicken. That we uh, it's just this sort of, I, I don't know if it's the same where, where you are, but it's sort of the, the three or four days before, it's just this sort of like frenzy. Just everybody's <laughs> yeah. rushing and uh, going to the butchers, going to the supermarkets, going mm -hmm. everywhere. You just spend so long standing in line. Do you and, buy presents for people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year I was so did to... Were you organized or were you like last minute? Uh, a little bit of both. There's actually a really <laughs> cool like website where you can see the because I, I was mostly trying to get get books, mm -hmm. and so there's a website where you can see the inventory, independent bookstores, and sort of like real time. Oh, that's yeah. so that's handy. Cool. I was just like biking from. Okay, I was like, okay, there's this book that's available at this <laughs> store, uh, back there, and okay, the next one is, I'm like two miles away, so I, I would just mm -hmm. back to the mm -hmm. next one, and it's first spend like two three days like this just circling and and it's kind of cool because you arrive and instead of just asking like do you guys have that book you're like mm -hmm. i know you have that book <laughs> that's amazing um, so emil and i were both in new york and we had left around the same time back in september october yeah. so everything was obviously very different in covid times between new york and paris so it was pretty open for you right when you first moved home but now it's the more serious of a lockdown yeah it's been gradual because there's been a curfew 
that happened towards like the end of October, I- I'd say. Mm. Um, Neil, I loved when you sent us the movie times. Like you had the curfew, and then they started showing oh, movies yeah. Yeah, yeah, at yeah, like 8 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just actually I was I was like sorting out things the other day, and I found that ticket for 8:30 a.m. Wait, did you actually go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what did you see? You, uh, they would give you free coffee, so I was like, okay. oh my god. <laughs> I, I well actually that only that only lasted for a week because oh, okay. then they shut down the, yeah. the cinemas like entirely. What did you so see? That, um, so I saw a couple of French films, mm-hmm. and the, the the interesting thing is that usually you know like films only last for two or three weeks at a time, and then there's a super high uh, volume of new films every week, so the rotation uh-huh. is really fast. And now since it's been closed for like two months uh mm-hmm. you still they, they didn't take the the posters down from the um, the buildings in front of actual theaters so you still see that old movies that were released two three months ago because they're not streaming yet so it's just yeah. Yeah. impossible to see you can just imagine <laughs> that these yeah. films exist and you can watch the trailers and that's it uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it's it's a really weird thing so we we had a curfew that lasted for maybe 10 days and then they were like mm-hmm. okay it's not enough so we have to shut everything down and that lasted six weeks and mm-hmm. then they so on the 15th of december we went back to a uh, regular uh, curfew just like mm-hmm. before the before okay. the lockdown oh okay and i think it's gonna last at least another two weeks yeah how are you doing oh, yeah, with like, it are you like over it well the good thing is it's it's winter so it's fine you know because yeah uh, you just want to be people. cuddled up at home anyway i mean it's gonna be interesting though because there's a big lockdown for uh for new year's eve so i don't know mm. how people are gonna mm. organize because usually the thing is just people all night long people go from one party to the next one yeah um, yeah because I, I know people are just willing to to celebrate just spending the entire night at one place and just arrive before curfew and leave mm-hmm. after curfew in the morning. Yeah. And so a lot mm-hmm. of people when is curfew? It starts at 8 p.m. Okay. Until okay. 7 a.m. Ooh, that's a long party. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> being in a party yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a big sleepover, basically. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> I remember, so, God. So, Back in the summer, seeing people in France living normal lives, it was torture. That was too much, though. I think yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's probably what we're paying now. I think. Mm. You know, yeah. That's probably the 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 result of that politics. Whereas, like in 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 New York State, it's been pretty much consistent since spring, and so you haven't seen that big like shifts. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, at least you got to experience some of it back when you moved yeah, right exactly. away for for 10 days we had 10 peaceful <laughs> days <laughs> well emile is sort of like well i always screenshot his instagram stories from paris oh, i steal God. them yeah i would rather be quarantined in paris than anywhere else so <laughs> we're still envious of you I mean, that, the really cool thing though is that so we had a lockdown, but we technically you were allowed to leave your house for an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had to you had to stay within a one kilometer mm-hmm. radius, mm. sort of. And so the great thing is that I think a lot of people just discovered places in their own neighborhood. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you discover like small shops. You discover uh, just small what neighborhood parks are you in? Like so back then I was in Montmartre, 
I'm not really familiar with the, the, the area, so that was mm. actually actually really cool. And also the other thing is you're outside when you should be inside and what people do a lot is like, why is everybody outside? People are just complaining, like, why is everybody outside? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people. And you're like, but if I'm seeing this, it means I'm also outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, funny. It just it makes no sense, but yeah. it's sort of like a, a national uh, <laughs> habit, I guess, to just complain about mm. everyone else's behavior. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. Did you find a good, like, new bakery? Oh, and you were doing the Maybe. chocolate eclair taste testing? Oh, oh yeah, you were? Yeah. Oh, wait, exactly. I kind of remember so, this. So there, there's been a lot of, um, of different bakeries that are being explored. Uh, sure. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> There's a lot of restaurants that you would like just walk in front of and then mm. you would see that obviously it's, it's shut down. So I would just write down uh. the address and I promised myself that I would just come go back. back. Mm-hmm. And it's uh. reopening. It's supposed to reopen end of January. So hopefully okay. we can. Uh, okay. So you can't even get takeout or anything? Either. Yeah. What is the deal? Is it you easy can, to do takeout? You can. I mean, it depends though, though. Some some restaurants just completely decided to, to close entirely. Yeah. Uh, some have decided to do takeout, but the thing is like the more, not so much about the food, it's more about the location and the experience. Right. Yeah. So I haven't done, I've just gotten takeout from like pizza places, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the easiest to do. I'd rather just wait for them to. Yeah, it's 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 really it's made for takeout. Yeah. Gosh, I'm gonna have the Italian mafia. uh, (laughs) A a price on my on my name now. No, at least you're supporting Italian restaurants. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They'll love you for it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Emil. Should we like get into it? Emila's gonna have a little topic for us today. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Emil, do you want to get into it? Um, well, there's actually a, a little bit of, of context about about okay. why I decided to pick this um, this topic. This. So I'm I'm going to talk about a French writer uh, that was born in Lithuania. Uh, okay. His name was uh, Romain Gary. Kat, have you heard? about him i think so i'm slightly familiar okay i have not so the the interesting thing is that he well his books have been translated into english but they're not that known outside of of france but we had to read a few of them like in in high school basically okay and the interesting thing is that we were mostly focusing on the books themselves Mm -hmm. and there's actually a very rich history about the writer oh okay so that was one of the love it one of the reasons why, and also during during the first lockdown in France, there was this Facebook group that started about people trying to find like the rarest movies you can find on the internet. Mm-hmm. And Roman Gary had actually directed a few movies after mm-hmm. becoming a, a successful writer and everything. He switched for a short period of time, and his movies mm-hmm. are impossible to find. Like they don't exist in okay. online. They're, uh. they're not. In DVDs and stuff, and so people are talking it's about kind of like your movie, Emil. Films. <laughs> pretty much the movie that much. you were same in. aura, same exactly. Uh, I heard, I heard people got like a, a bootleg copy though. Oh, uh, yeah. May- maybe, but, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, 
And so I was, I got really curious about, okay, so he made a few films that have sort of like cult status, but mostly because they're impossible to find mm -hmm. anywhere. He's known as this huge literary figure in France, but apart from that, people don't really know the story behind the guy, and mostly mm. because he was really mysterious. Uh, even cool. though he wrote, he wrote extensively about himself and about his life and his, his youth and stuff, but mm. a lot of it is just made up. Okay, trickster. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's that, that's why I thought, okay, he's probably an interesting person to just explore, and I wanted to spend a, a little bit of time just digging to his life and his um, his bio. I'm excited. Um, so here we are. <laughs> his two most famous books, one which is called La Promesse de l'Aube in French, so it's been translated as Promise at Dawn. That's this mm -hmm. one from 1960. And then there is another of his book that he published in 75. Is uh, he still alive? Called La Vie de Vensois. No. So, mm. so sadly, he passed away in 1980. Oh, okay. Um, so it was relatively at so, the end of his so life. This, yeah, exactly. That was uh, So he was born in 1914. He was born at the beginning of the, the First World War. Mm -hmm. So the second book from, from 75... Uh, it's called La Vie de Vensois. And so it's in English, it, it would be the, the life before us. Mm. And they're both... Um, really good titles. So the first one is really uh, autobiographical and mm. the, the other one is pure fiction, but they're both stories about... Well, the first one is about a son-mother relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second one is about a like, spiritual mother connection with a younger mm. uh, teen. Okay. And so whenever people think of his body of work, they think of like, oh, this guy used to worship his mom, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, that's like kind of the... Freud. the, the <laughs> like a Freud, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there would be a lot of interesting things to say. And actually in, in one of his book, he said this thing that was really interesting. He said, my mother always saw me as a combination of Lord Byron, Garibaldi, Danuncio, D'Artagnan, Robin Hood, and Richard the Lionhearted. So she wow. had, from the get-go, it, it sounded like she had huge expectations yeah. Yeah. for him. They lived in Lithuania, but soon they moved to France because the mom knew that only in France he could achieve his full potential. Wow. Okay. And uh, so very early on from uh, his teenage years, she pushed him into learning different languages and mm -hmm. when he became an adult, he could speak five different languages already. Impressive. Wow. So she was like the first version of like a stage mom, what we would say <laughs> in the US. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, she was really, 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 really trying, trying hard for, for him. And she, she made a lot of sacrifice mm -hmm. for, for him. And, um, and so he was living in Nice in the, in the south of France. Mm -hmm. uh, Disgusting. There's some beautiful mm -hmm. pages. Hate, hate it there. Uh, I hate it. Exactly. <laughs> it was kind of before it became a... Uh, now I'm the sure city is sort of like associated awful, with like... You a, know, <laughs> still. Yeah, I mean, that was like in the in the in the 1920s, 1930s. Okay. So because now it's a city associated with like a lot of tourism and uh, mm -hmm. like old people. It's very right wing now. <laughs> But, uh, oh, interesting. But then... That is very interesting. Maybe we mm -hmm. can talk about that some other time. Another time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should. We should for, yeah. for season two. Season two. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. Let's, uh, write it down. Um, <laughs> he spent the most formative years of his life there, and he was a brilliant student. 
Mm. Uh, I mean, that's from from his perspective because that's what he <laughs> did in his mm -hmm. book. So, uh, do we knows? know when his birthday is? Oh, you want to analyze his, his uh, chart? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, it's supposed to be. Did he lie about it or something? May, yeah, the 21st of May, 1914. 21st of May, but so that's everything that Gemini, he said has been... Right? Uh, Makes sense. Okay. I mean, it's interesting because there's a lot of things that he has said mm -hmm. that just sound like pure myth mm -hmm. that are impossible to prove. For instance, so his mom uh, was called Mina, or sometimes he calls her Nina. She was a Jewish actress. Mm -hmm. She was married to like a businessman that was also a, a Lithuanian Jew. And basically, when Roman was, was 11, the dad abandoned the family and remarried. And oh. Gary basically hated this dad. And he claimed that his actual dad was like a film star from uh. the Russian Empire at the time. Mm. Even oh, wow. Only because, so his mom had worked for him in the past, and also apparently they looked a lot alike. Mm. Oh. Is this like his first lie, basically? That's probably one of the first, definitely a milestone. And also his mom had died at that point. Oh. Exactly. So that secret yeah. is probably uh, gone forever. Mm. All we know about him is myth, or at least it's been changed and it's been magnified and it's been you know mm. it, it went through a lot of different filters before uh -huh. uh, we mm. read what, what happened to him okay um and so it was kind of interesting because his mom was so convinced that he would succeed and she actually died in 1941 so mm. back when he was still fairly young and mm -hmm. way before his greater success mm. According to him, again, she firmly believed that he would triumph later in life, whether in politics mm. or in literature. He became a pilot during uh, World War II. Mm. Oh. Even though he failed to qualify as a, as a pilot because he was Jewish, they didn't want him in, in the army. Whoa. Um, oh. But he flew f with the French RAF, so the, the oh, Free mm -hmm. French. Okay. Oh, and okay. after the war, basically, he was awarded a medal. Uh -huh. And apparently, among everyone in this group, there were only five survivors, including him. Jeez. So what he was doing were extremely dangerous air missions. Mm. Okay. And wow. he managed to, I mean, otherwise, we would have, yeah, we, we yeah. wouldn't be talking about, about his body <laughs> yeah. of work. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, what a horrific thing to live through. Can you imagine that? Uh, mm -mm. And so the mom was just so uh, close to her son that she died when he was 28. Mm -hmm. Before her death, she gave to some relatives, she gave 250 letters that had to be mailed at intervals to Roman. Oh my God. Wow. She thought this through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She must have been like dying. Yeah. I guess. Because I don't know anyone who would like write 250 letters beforehand. Yeah. Wow. So that, that gives you an idea of the strength of the bond. And also, I believe some of it was because she knew we needed some moral support because he was fighting. Mm. I don't know about that part, but maybe he only found mm. out about her, her death after the war. I, I don't know if she, oh. if, <sighs> if it was a sort of like strategy for him to not hear about her passing before oh my God. the, the oh. end of the war. That's a very important thing. And so 
he wrote novels not only under his name, Romain Garret, mm -hmm. which is where most of the body of his work lies, but also three different aliases. So one is Fosco Sinibaldi. So it sounds like a little Italian. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's extremely, extremely, extremely prolific. If you look at his uh, okay. biography, he wrote something like 25 novels throughout his life. Wow. Um, and wow. while also making films and, and writing scripts for other directors. Mm -hmm. uh, another one named Shatan Bogat. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting, uh, interesting <laughs> name. And... And the most famous one is probably uh, Emile Ajar. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the interesting thing about Emile Ajar, and that's one of the reasons why uh, we're talking about him today, is that so for the book that I was mentioning earlier, La Promesse de l'Aube, mm -hmm. he had gotten a huge amount of success. Probably his most famous book. It's been adapted twice into films. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Have you seen that, it? No, I haven't. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any of those because apparently the book is much stronger than the yeah mm -hmm. the, the adaptations. But so in '56, uh, he wrote another book called Eras in du Ciel that translates into like the roots of heaven. He's got great titles. Yeah, it's pretty strong. <laughs> and so that was in in '56, and for that novel, he was awarded the Prix Goncourt. Okay, and what's the that? Prix Goncourt is. <laughs> So that's the highest form of literary award in France. Oh, okay. So when you impressive when you then. this mm -hmm. one, yeah, you become sort of like a, a rock star of, of bookstores. And was that was <laughs> un <laughs> and that was under Roman Gary, right? Not that a student. That was under his regular name. Okay. Exactly. In the rules of the of the award, it's like you can only get it once in your life. Right? Oh. Okay. And he, by the end of his life, he was just interested in uh, creating new personas, new aliases. Mm. So and he's so, the original, like, fun. Tom Ripley. Tom yeah. Ripley. Yeah. What a strange personality trait. Like, that, yeah. it's, it's, what was going on? Gemini. It's part of his, of his <laughs> thing. I mean, it's something that's been done a lot in France, surprisingly. It's because... In French criticism, like in uh, literature reviews, book awards and stuff, there's mm -hmm. a huge amount of expectations mm. that goes into your next book. Right, um, okay. And mm -hmm. so I think a lot of writers have used pseudonyms to mm -hmm. try different things mm. without being as harshly criticized. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so far from what they're used to doing. Okay, so okay. it makes sense. Mm -hmm. To sort of protect themselves from harsh critical reception just because it's them. Makes sense. I can't handle any criticism. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I feel bad. <laughs> I think some of it might also be why uh, Gary just didn't want to risk his career and his household name okay uh, that makes sense then novel that yeah. was a little more risky maybe so that's why he used that many um names. and so he the thing is there was a misconception because at first a lot of people including myself believed that he designed this alias specifically to fool the Goncourt comedy and to win oh. the award again mm -hmm. but actually okay. when i was researching today I, I read that he didn't want to to win mm -hmm. why because then he would have to like reveal that mm. he was behind the alien. So he was like kind of embarrassed to win. And at that point, he had already published 22 novels. So he didn't really care about mm -hmm. 
getting another another award mm -hmm. and so he invented the most twisted excuse to explain his absence because basically a lot of journalists were asking for interviews mm -hmm. uh, and he had to just hide the character that he had created uh -huh. so he said that Emilia was a 34 year old Algerian man uh -huh. who had performed a botched abortion in Paris okay. while he was still a medical student. So okay. in order to escape prison, he'd had to flee to Brazil. Okay. God. And in Brazil, he started writing. Okay. And that's where he began his literary career. But So he could not go back to France. Right. So I mean, it's so weirdly specific. Yeah. It Why is. would someone question it? It yeah. is very weird. <laughs> and so apparently he asked a friend of his that did live in Brazil to send letters from Brazil. Oh, so wow. he's thinking of everything. He's yeah. like covering exactly. all his bases. <laughs> okay. But to a point where basically even his publishers thought that the guy was really in Brazil. Wow. Okay. Every uh, well done. Like correspondence that he got with the publishers <laughs> were from. So he, he probably spent an incredible amount of time and money just planning all yeah. this. Oh my yeah. God, what a nightmare. <laughs> and then finally, there was that award ceremony and he sent his cousin okay. to go get the award. And, and so on all the photos you can find of him, it's actually like Gary's cousin. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, a guy named Paul Pavlovich who, who probably never wrote. Yeah, classic Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy schemes, sure, I'll, I'll help you out. What else am I doing today? And so that, that secret was kept until his death. Mm. And he left instructions for the publication of a confession. Wow. About how he was oh, the mastermind behind, behind all this. How many years had passed between his death and when he won the second award as Emil? He won the award before, like five years before his death. Okay, five okay. years. And so the year after his death in 81, that's when people heard about the entire, uh, the entire scam, basically. Wow, that is really Juicy. good. Mm-hmm. That's a really, a really interesting aspect about his life, but also, so he tried to make um, American films at one point. He got bored with, mm, with friends wow. and he actually moved to Los Angeles, but not just as a writer or a screenwriter, because he also mm. wrote a certain amount of scripts for Hollywood, but he worked as the, the French consul <laughs> in LA. Ooh, wow, okay. Which is a great way to just find like a, a visa. and Yeah and just to move to California. He lived a million lives. It sounds like it, yeah. And he, he only lived for 66 years. Um, wow. So he had a first wife named Leslie Blanche, who was a British writer. And okay. they divorced in 61. And then in 62, he married Jean Seberg. Oh, oh yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, I forgot it's about that too. It's coming back to me now. Basically. Okay, mm -hmm. yes. Jean Seberg. They what had a, a child cutie. together, right? Yeah. The children? And Diego. Yeah. She's another person we're going to have to talk about yeah, sometime. I know. Very interesting. Even though she's uh, American, it works. They divorced after eight years. Mm. But there's this interesting, interesting story because he was a very tortured guy and he had this sort of like low key obsession for uh, guns. And he actually oh. died from a self-inflicted <gasps> uh, gun wound. But so while he was married to Jean Seberg, apparently she mm -hmm. was shooting a movie with Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. Wow. They were both stars. Apparently he heard that she cheated on him with Clint Eastwood. <gasps> okay. And so challenged Eastwood to uh, a gun duel. No. Whoa. <laughs> what year was 
this? Like in the 60s? That was, yeah, that was in 68. <laughs> oh my God. Whoa, what a crazy guy. Clinton said what? No. He just declined, yeah. Yeah. Just like, no. <laughs> I'm going to, no, thanks, Roman, but no. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Ooh, that's yeah. good. And it's interesting because it's, he died in, so he died in 1980, mm -hmm. a year after Jim Seabrook's suicide. Mm -hmm. He did leave a note saying that his suicide had nothing to do with hers. And oh, okay. in, his, in his note, that's where he says, oh, by the way, I was also um, Emile Jarre. Oh, wow. okay. You just casually dropped it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read so, that letter. So took, took you know. Secret. Yeah. Wow. So voila, that's the, the story <laughs> of... Uh... That, that was, was a really great, good. a great choice. Thank uh -huh. you. I want to read both of his... Well, okay. Which so one say, do you recommend? Yeah. It depends. I, I'd say the one, La Vie de Monsoir, which is a little like before us. Okay. It's more accessible because the other one is about his life. Uh -huh. So it might be more interesting once you know a little bit more about him and once you're a little more versed into his, his universe. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's like the second one you Whereas should do. Before us is sort of a self-contained, yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. Okay. But they're both like super interesting. And okay. also there's a, a book, it's not as famous, that he wrote named Claire de Femme. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's been adapted as a as a movie with uh, Romy Schneider. Oh, um, oh your fave! <laughs> yeah, that's the late seventies though. So it's. Uh -huh. I mean, the movie is from the late seventies, and the, the novel is from. Uh, what's the novel from? The novel is from seventy seven as well. So mm -hmm. it's really one of his oh. of his last, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. of his last novels. But it, I think it's it's really, really interesting. Yeah, really interesting one. Yeah. Okay. So you said you read this in high school. Was this something that you read when you're like yeah. 14 or was this a later, like an 18 year old? It's interesting because basically the, in the novel, in like the most part, basically, it's a really, really interesting story of how like a Muslim kid befriends an older Jewish woman. Oh, we love a mismatch pair. She, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and she is basically a sort of like an official babysitter for the children of prostitutes. Oh, so okay. while, the, while the moms go to work, she takes care of the, the kids. Okay. And so there's this whole depiction of that world. Mm. Yeah, I think in high school, a lot of us were a little like, hmm, okay. how, <laughs> yeah. how surprising. Yeah. <laughs> we would not whole, be reading uh, that in American high school. No, are you kidding me? No way. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we read a lot about like Balzac and, and Zola, who have a lot of, uh, were set in those underworlds as well in high school. So. Are you kidding? This Puritanism? Yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like uh, surprising as a, as a teen when you read that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Emil. Oh, wow. loved that. Bravo. That was so good. No, but the thing is, you did mention something like five other topics that we have to explore now. So yes, of course we're gonna invite you back because so, oh, so yes. we have to we have to mm. do a list of all the like Seaberg and yes. all the yeah. politics and all that. Emil, do you like root beer? Who? Do you like <laughs> oh, the drink? <laughs> root beer, like the soda. No. Seriously, like no non-Americans like root beer. I think you have to grow up with it. I think I have one person that I know that likes it. 
I just wanted to know. <laughs> Randomly. There's a store in Paris called Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> What's yeah. in there? Is it just American stuff? Yeah. So they probably have, they probably have three or four brands. I knew it. That I is knew it. it. Oh, oh my God. Like the other one was this a couple of weeks ago. And you posted a photo of wishbone, wishbone Caesar <laughs> was... dressing, and it was like 15 euro. <gasps> oh, right. Yeah. You it's literally like could just make your own. Robbery. I want to research who sets those. Who like, sourced that? Tags. Yeah. Who said people are going to buy this? It's so weird. It's too funny. Oh, okay. Before I forget, yeah. Emil, so we're going to put you on the spot. And we're going to ask if you have a recommendation for us, because as you know, we like to end with recommendations, particularly a movie recommendation, mm-hmm. if that strikes your fancy. So there's this French film on, on Netflix uh, from 2003 called Swimming Pool. Mm-hmm. That It's a nod to the La Piscine from okay. the late 60s, but it's not exactly a remake. Okay. It's very interesting. It's set in the south of France, so that's... Okay, yeah, uh, love. Okay. A, a plus. Mm-hmm. It's just this very mysterious uh, okay. relationship between a, a British author who writes crime novels and a, mm-hmm. a French teen. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it is kind of similar. A little bit, in a way, yeah. It has a, a, a similar vibe and stuff, but it's not the same plot. Sure. Okay. I'm super curious to know what you people think about it. Okay. Okay. Oh, Great. I'll watch yes. It. Swimming mm-hmm. pool mm-hmm. on Netflix. Okay. Okay. Good one. Thank you, Emil. And I need a little juicy escape from winter. So mm-hmm. give me something in southern France. So that's perfect. The, the room just gets like 10, 10 degrees warmer. <laughs> <laughs> See me. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay. If that's all we have for today, thank you so much for coming on, Emil. Thank we are you, so appreciative. Emil. I mean, thanks. Merci. I, I think I've asked probably like 10 or 15 times, so I'm, I'm really happy to <laughs> finally made the cut. I think this is going to be the first episode of 2021. So <gasps> what a fun way Perfect. to bring in the year. Mm-hmm. We're going to have you on again because okay. this mm-hmm. was so fun and we have lots okay. to discuss. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, Thank merci you, beaucoup. Merci. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Merci. Thank you all for listening to that. I hope you had as much fun as we did. So much fun. And we're definitely going to ship Emil some good brut beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have to. <laughs> so, he knows. But it is actually good. And maybe some, what was it? Caesar dressing? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's Caesar not 15 dressing. euros. <laughs> but we're going to end it with the word of the day. And Ooh, it's great. Grenouille, grenouille. And it just means frog. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, my God. Okay. It sounded familiar. And I was like, I don't know what this means. Though. Oh, grenouille. Isn't there a... um. French tongue twister that has grenouille. Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't we'll know. We'll have it, to ask I, Emil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I don't a good know. one. It's such a fun word. Yeah, it's so cute and fun, and I feel like there's such a connection to like the stereotype of France and frogs and. Oh yeah. You know. Have you ever tried delicious. frog? Legs? I have not. I haven't either. But I would. Me too. I yeah, would I try mean, it. 
yeah give me something drenched in butter it butter, probably they probably are yeah, yeah. Like, just like escargot i mean that's i think great. it's similar like okay. prepared as far as like seasonings oh or whatever. yeah okay but my mom really likes them and she grew up in louisiana and so she were they were like french you know mm, right mm-hmm. and her grandparents would make frog legs oh, wow she would eat okay. them mm-hmm. Ooh. so that's cute that's I cool have to try but yeah, so thank you everyone so much. Uh, yes, a little something you. new. 2021? <laughs> I almost said 2020. 2021 is going to be a great year and we're going to yeah, try new things. Oh, and thanks this to Emil again. And thank you, Emil. Merci, mm-hmm. Emil. <laughs> and ciao. Voila. Voilà.